0: Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I've got a great interview with Joey Coleman. And he has written a book, Never Lose a Customer Again, but he's extremely familiar with the chiropractic profession. And we turn a lot of the customer words into patients and vice versa, but you'll get the point. And, you know, I had the pleasure of hearing him speak at the Florida Chiropractic Association conference in Orlando, two hour presentation, and it really was eye opening. And it really was um, a learning experience for me. And I've been focusing on the patient experience for for quite a while, and it's um, you know it's it's multi there, there's multiple layers to it, right? There's definitely marketing you can do during a patient experience, uh, but a lot of it's operations, and a lot of it is kind of a blend of the two. And we dive into that, and really has a great process for it. His book is. Uh, really easy to read. It, it has great stories in it, great examples, a uh, whole chapter on, on his dentist, which um, really relates to, to our profession in a lot of ways and the way he talks about it. And uh, you can actually take the process that he developed and implement it and actually start to see results. And we dive into some of that. And uh, he's very uh, easy to interview because he's very informative and it's a great, um, I just I think it was one of our better episodes, to be honest with you. just really thought he brought a lot of great information, a lot of good nuggets that you can apply and start to realize how valuable that patient experience is. And sometimes it's not about marketing, right? It's just about um, operations. And we even dive into certain things, you know, because the reality of it is, is part of the patient experience is you, the provider, right? Your skill set your communication skills, your ability to connect with the patients. There's a lot of that. And so he actually has some good tips on that as well, which I found uh, very useful. So uh, before we we dive into this interview, just want to make mention that we do have the open enrollment for the Chiropractic Success Academy. You can register at any time at csacircle.com and we've got monthly option. We've got yearly option and essentially... It's your online platform for everything marketing, business, mindset, and clinical with a really engaged, interactive Facebook group and a bunch of other aspects to it. But it's a easy to digest kind of coaching format. Uh, It's not really coaching, but a lot of great trainings in there and anything you'd like to have. We've got the success path in there. And so check that out at csacircle.com. And here is my interview with Joey Coleman. All right. Welcome to the show. I appreciate your time. I got Joey Coleman here for our interview. And before we dive into how to never lose a customer again, or maybe in our case, right, a a patient, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, and we'll go from there. Well, you know, Kevin, I really
1: appreciate the invitation and thanks to everybody who's uh, donating some of their time to listen to our conversation today. Appreciate that as well. Um, For the last 20 years, professionally, I've taught organizations how to keep their customers, whether those are customers or clients or patients. Uh, We work so hard to get people in the front door. And regrettably, all the research and the science shows that they're running out the back door almost as quickly as we bring them in the front door. And so I've been on a quest for the last two decades to help identify the steps, the frameworks, the methodologies, the philosophies that we can adopt to keep those folks in the fold that we worked so hard to get and then on the personal side i'm uh, happily married uh for 11 years now two great boys eight and six we spend a lot of time building legos and reading harry potter so uh, i have a full schedule outside of my speaking and consulting i do uh doing my best to try to put two little souls out into the world who are gonna be contributors and uh kind people that's our goal yeah, at least
0: it looks like your present is my future we ha- i have a, a year and a half old son and we've got another boy on the way and they'll be about two years apart so
1: oh very nice well <laughs> congratulations yeah Thank it's you. fun you know i'm one of seven kids uh and so i am a big fan of uh the bonds that we get to create with mm-hmm. our siblings yeah. and growing up and you're an exciting time i i know it can be a little crazy especially as you think about number two coming when number one isn't even out of diapers type thing yeah. uh, uh, but you know it—it's uh, definitely a fun
0: ride. Perfect, yeah. I'm excited, looking forward to it. Well, um, I had the pleasure of seeing you at the FCA conference in Orlando a few weeks ago, and then our good friend Jay Greenstein connected us for this because I knew the information I heard you present over a couple hours uh, was was vital to to chiropractors. And you—you know, obviously, you, you wrote the book "Never Lose a Customer Again," uh, but your knowledge of uh, the healthcare industry was something that stood out to me, whether it's chiropractors or you know, I've I've had the opportunity to to read your book, and one of the chapters that stood out to me right away was was your story about your your dentist, and and that was great, and it's obviously very applicable to the chiropractic uh, profession. And so, I think, at least I'll speak for chiropractors, we are plagued with the idea that it's all about getting as many new patients as possible. It's obviously needed, we need new patients, but the the focus is so strong on that and the marketing around that, that sadly, uh, everything else is kind of forgotten, right? Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your your thoughts on that.
1: Well, and I I totally empathize with that understanding Mm -hmm. or that plaguing, Kevin, of, you know, chasing uh, the new. And I I believe there are actually some uh, structural, some biological and some organizational reasons Mm -hmm. why that happens. Uh, you know I, when we kind of look at the human condition let's start let's start with biology first yeah. since we're talking to a bunch of chiropractors you know let's let's get into the body a little bit mm-hmm. as human beings, we are designed we, are, we operate with a desire to chase more than to catch. We operate with the desire to go out and find something new rather than tend to the thing we already have. Uh, We only need to look at people's dating behaviors to see this magnify, right? Where we seem to be more excited about dating than we are about being in a relationship. We seem to be more excited about the new person than the existing person. So there's a a biological piece that we're countering here. Uh, There's then kind of an an organizational uh, operational piece in that most organizations have someone that is dedicated to marketing and to sales you know almost every organization on the planet has a marketing department has a sales department and even if you're a chiropractor with a single office my gut instinct is either you or someone on your team is primarily focused on your marketing Mm -hmm. but who's focused on what happens after the marketing works You know, lots of times we say well the doctors focused on that we're we're delivering the service and the staff is supporting that service and it's like yeah but do they get the same budget that the marketing team gets. Do we spend as much money on the clients we already have in the door, as we did trying to get them in the door. And so there, there's kind of a piece there. And then we we broaden that even further to a societal observation. And you know, if you were to go on Amazon and you were to search for how many books came up when you did the keyword marketing, and then you were to search for how many books came up when you did the keyword sales, and you were to add those two numbers together, you'd get about 1.3 million books that have been written on how to get a new customer. If instead you searched for things like customer retention, customer experience, customer service, account management, relationship management, all the things that you would use to describe what happens after the sale, you would get barely 30,000 books. So what that tells us is at least in the area of books, we have a ratio where we have 43 books written about how to get a customer before we have one book written about how to keep a customer. Now, before anybody objects here and says, but wait a second, Joey." We're, we're doctors, we're, yeah. we're chiropractors, it's patients, not customers. Great, go back and apply those same search parameters that I told you and switch it from customer service to patient service or mm-hmm. patient account management or those type of things. And it goes to 750 to one. Yeah. So we're fighting an uphill battle. And I recognize yeah. that as the mm-hmm. guy who spends a lot of time talking about what happens after someone becomes a patient. Yeah. You know, I'm fighting against a biological imperative, a structural imperative and a societal imperative. However, if we do that, the results to your business are incredible. The results to the bottom line, the results to your engagement, the results to your referrals, the results to your repeat patients, all of these things just go through the roof. If we just put a little more focus on what happens after the sale or once they've opted into a care package or a longer term relationship with us, as opposed to chasing them on the outset.
0: Yeah. You know, I want to uh, go back to what you said with some of the human behavior and, and I might be making a leap here, but something that I feel like I've noticed was that, you know, we've the, you mentioned dating, right? We, we have the online dating app craze over the last five or six years, which uh, if you read up on that, there's a lot of issues that that's definitely you know, huge issues. Issue, right? Yeah. right now you, you could literally have 10 dates a week versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you were lucky to get one or two. <laughs>
1: Back when I was in the game, if you could get one every three weeks, you were feeling like you were doing all right. You know? Exactly.
0: So the, the marketing for dating is is exponentially grown. And totally. I also have noticed in, in my five or six years of diving heavy into social media marketing, things like that, maybe that's the same psychology of where the, a lot of chiropractors are getting a lot of bodies into the door through m- these new methods of marketing that weren't, you know, v- available to us 15 20 years ago. Now it's like getting 30 leads into the door and 20 of them become patients and, and it's all about converting them into the patient, but then they've kind of forgotten how to cultivate that. Does, does that leap make sense at all? <laughs> uh, only, only a thousand percent, Kevin, only <laughs> a thousand percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And with all due respect, and I've got a lot of friends in the internet marketing space and in the social media space and a, a lot of folks that I respect what they do. And I understand that in 2021, a lot of people have made the decision that that is going to be the linchpin of their marketing and promotion efforts. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is this over-indexing on funnels. What I mean by that is, oh, Mm -hmm. all we got to do is fill the funnel. And as long Mm -hmm. as there continues to be one person falling through the bottom of the funnel, Mm -hmm. no matter how many we bring in at the top of the funnel, keep churning the funnel, keep doing it. The problem with that is when you think of your, your potential audience, as being the planet and you're selling a PDF about how to get abs in six minutes, you have potentially 6 billion customers. Until we figure out a way for chiropractors to do adjustments virtually, which to my knowledge hasn't been developed yet,
0: yet. but if,
1: if, if, if somebody out there has done it, please reach out. I'd love to experience it. you you are limited in many ways geographically as a chiropractor to somebody who is interested in driving to your office. Now you mentioned earlier, my dentist, and I start Mm -hmm. my book with this crazy story about uh, a dentist that I found that I absolutely love. And for context, I now live 11 hours away by car from my dentist. And I still go for my annual checkup. Mm -hmm. That's how much I love this dentist, right? I will literally fly or drive 11 hours to see this dentist. My gut instinct is most of the people listening to our conversation Mm -hmm. today, their patients are within a 30 to 40 mile radius of their office. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong. You may have some that fly in. You may have some that you treat, or, you know, if you're based in Florida, like Kevin is, you Mm -hmm. may get some snowbirds that are coming down and are Mm -hmm. seasonal and that kind of thing. Okay. That's great. But we have a more limited scope of people that can potentially become our customers. So here's where we get into a conundrum. Historically, let's roll back the clock 100 years. Everybody who was your customer was somebody that you knew. They live within 10 miles of your office. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where they were coming to you. You would take care of, I'm thinking of like a general store type thing back in the day. And you really had to care about that person as an individual. Because if you lost them, there wasn't someone else to replace them. Mm -hmm. Maybe their kids a decade from now would grow up to be customers of your store. Mm -hmm. The same thing applies to chiropractors. I understand this desire. Well, let's just go get as many of them as possible in the front door. But if we're not taking care of them and we lose them, the likelihood of them coming back and trying us again is actually fairly small. And I know there are more chiropractors being added to the profession every day. There are more offices opening up every day. And so your competition is increasing to the point where similar to your dating analogy, I can just swipe one way or the other. And there's another option available to me. And and I think that becomes the challenge that a lot of business owners, regardless of industry, but particularly chiropractors are facing right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely happening a lot. And we're seeing that more and more. And to your point, yeah, there's no way I see our profession not being hands-on. A lot of people did try it once the pandemic hit with a lot of the virtual stuff. And it just didn't take traction because, I mean, it's just the nature of what we're doing. So uh, yeah, people have to make the commitment to come to to see you for sure. And I think your radius is, is accurate. Obviously, if you're in Manhattan, it's gonna be a little different than if you're in sure. in Idaho. But for the sake of argument, yes, that's that's where we're at. And um, I wanted to transition a, a little bit because uh, you know, the patient experience I call it a lot of times, right? Where it's from the time they either call the office of schedule or schedule online to your practice to the point where they're discharged from from say active care. And a lot of times I see chiropractors now they're doing marketing during that patient experience. Like they've got the email set up to where it, you know, it's a nice little email autoresponder of three emails. It's, you know, automatic and and all that. They, they send a welcome letter, all things that are, that are nice. and, And we like that. But I think sometimes they get frustrated or struggle because a lot of what you're talking about is a little bit more of operations. There's definitely, there's, there's a marketing touch to it, but it's operations in a standpoint and they, they don't have that background. So that chiropractor that's struggling with what we're talking about here, um, what are some of the steps they can get going from where they're at now, which for most of them is not great to really get going.
1: Well, I would posit that most people who are drawn to the chiropractic profession Mm -hmm. are drawn because they love the idea of a holistic approach Mm -hmm. to someone's health. Mm-hmm. If, it, you know, there, there are, of course, some chiropractors out there that my specialty is the feet. All I do is mm-hmm. the feet. That's all I ever do. And that's great. And uh, kudos to those folks. And uh, it's great that they're out there. But the majority of chiropractors that I've interacted with, and I've, you know, had the pleasure to consult with, you know, hundreds at this point and mm-hmm. speak to tens of thousands at this point, are very much of this mindset of you know the whole body is connected and everything is related and something that's happening over here is affecting something that's on the opposite side of the body and, and what do we do to make sure things are in alignment and positioned accordingly running your business is the same way you can have all your focus be on the marketing and let's automate everything and do to do and that's fine but that would be the equivalent of deciding as a chiropractor that all you're going to do is adjust you know uh, the T1 yeah. and that's it Now, I could probably get into a deep conversation with somebody where they would say, well, actually, Joey, if that's all we did, we Mm -hmm. could have significant impact on the body. I get it, (laughs) but you'd leave a lot of stuff that would cause issues, would cause pain, would cause discomfort that a patient would be talking about. And yeah, you can keep hitting on that one vertebrae all day long and trying to make it better, but there's other pieces of the puzzle that need to be part of the conversation, uh, which is why I think so many chiropractors are talking about things like nutrition and sleep mm-hmm. and posture and, you know, your desk set up at your office mm-hmm. or at your home or whatever it may be. There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Yeah. I think a good place for most doctors to get started is to recognize you actually already do have the tools. Mm -hmm. You have this holistic philosophy. You just need to apply it to your business in addition to applying it to your patients. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we look and we say, just one of the things I often ask chiropractors to do is I'm like, just do an audit of your behavior for Mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want you to think of. How many times do you think about getting new patients? Take take a little piece, little pad of paper, little sheet of paper, have it in your pocket. Every time you think about, I got to get new patients. Mm -hmm. I want you to make a little hash mark, a little tick, you know, boom. And every time you think about, I got to take care of the patients I've already got, make make one on that column. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the week, see how many you've done. Oh, by the way, that means if you have a meeting to review your newsletter, or if you have a meeting to with your social media person, mm-hmm. or if you decide to sponsor some little league event or whatever it may be, that's putting a lot of marks over on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. I get it, that's great, that's important. I'm not saying you need to shut that down. I'm never the patient experience guy who's gonna be saying, stop doing the marketing. I just want there to be an equal amount of effort mm-hmm. put towards taking care of the people who've already said they wanna be in relationship with you. The patients who've already said, I'm all in.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's funny because two of the biggest complaints chiropractors have is getting, not getting enough new patients and the adherence of the patients that they get. Right. So those are two huge complaints. And in your book, you've got the eight step process with it. And I'm going to jump ahead to the last one and then we can kind of go back. But the last one is advocate. And I think that's the silent killer of a lot of chiropractic practices where they don't have enough patients that are screaming at the top of the mountain For Dr. Smith, right? Like, yeah, Dr. Smith was okay. You know, it was fine. That doesn't generate a lot of referrals. So if you get, if you get these patients to get through that eight part and they get to the advocate, then what ends up happening is you actually, a lot of ways solve your new patient problem. If you have one. 100%. I mean,
1: here's the thing. I've never met a chiropractor who said to me, Joey, I'm all good on referrals. I don't want any more referrals. (laughs) Number two, I have met many chiropractors Mm -hmm. who have said, I don't spend a dollar on cold marketing mm-hmm. i don't spend a dollar on spray and pray blasted out there hope it produces something mm-hmm. i just spend my dollars on my existing patients and mm-hmm. they go find new patients for me mm-hmm. i totally agree with you and i think the challenge kevin is you know you talk about these eight phases that i mm-hmm. outlined the eighth one being advocate so many business owners whether they're chiropractors or in other industries want to rush to the advocate stage yeah like hey great you had your first adjustment awesome who else in your family needs an adjustment it's like whoa whoa whoa! pump the brakes i mean not to (laughs) overdo the dating analogy but this is the equivalent of sitting at the restaurant and before the waiter has come over to take your order say on a first date saying to the person across the table so when do i get to meet your mom and dad i mean it's just it's just rushing it a little bit you know i'm not saying we might not get there Mm -hmm. i'm just saying we want to pace it and i don't know about you kevin but and or anybody listening But I'm not interested in making a referral to any product or service Mm -hmm. provider if I haven't seen in my own experience Mm -hmm. that it works and that it works consistently. And it delivers value greater than Mm -hmm. my investment of time and money. When that happens, I will happily make referrals all day long, if you remind me and if you help me do it, yeah. and if you help encourage me to do it, right? Because again, humans are busy. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you. W- there's a two-step process here. You've got to create the kind of experience that is remarkable, i.e. worthy of rem- making a remark about, mm-hmm. to your point, standing on the mountain screaming, this was amazing as opposed to, yeah, you know, geez, my chiropractor, he does a pretty good job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, right. I'm, I'm not referring pretty good to anyone. Right. I'm referring remarkable. And so we got to get that right. And then number two, we got to be in a place where we can help our patients mm-hmm. to make referrals and teach them to make the right kind of referrals. Because I'm sure you've had this experience, Kevin, where a patient we love refers somebody who's just not a good fit. I
0: know. And
1: now it's awkward for everyone. Because you've got to either decide as the business owner, oh, I need to take this patient on, even though I know they're not a good fit for the practice. Or you have to tell that page, that prospective new patient, no, you're not going to be a new fit, which then makes the person who did the referral feel bad. Mm-hmm. And it just creates this challenge as opposed to just saying, hey, so appreciate the referral let's talk about what the kind of great referrals are, because I'm sure there's some people in your network that would be a great referral. And I want to always be able to take care of anyone that you send my way in a way that blows their mind and delivers incredible value to them. Okay, well, now you're reinforcing the type of experience they're going to have if they do make a referral.
0: All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist and helping out many chiropractors. Uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.lybit.ly slash PropelMCM. That is bit.lybit.ly PropelMCM modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link and we're going to have you go over 5 SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop, 1 hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly/propelmcm for the 1 hour free workshop. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I wanted to bring up a couple of different types of chiropractors out there. Uh, One of the cool things I know you've talked to a ton I have, is you see people doing it a different way. And, but one of the misconceptions I will say from chiropractors, there are some out there that are just extremely gifted clinically, right? Like they just are you know, let's just assume we're not them. We're all gifted clinically, but they just got something about them, right? It's you know, just like the pro athlete. You can't figure out why Roger Federer is Roger Federer, but there's just something, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's like, um, yes, that clinical expertise a lot of times will turn a lot of patients into advocate. sans good operations or a good sure. experience. Sure. It, <laughs> It can happen. We, we know that can happen. And then we've got the other chiropractor out there. That's not great clinically. And there's plenty of out there, but they just dominate their patient experience and operations. They do great and things work out really well for them. Um, in that category, I just want to, for my audience sake is understand no matter where you fall in that continuum is that there's no reason why you can't apply what you're talking about. We're going to dive into it a little bit more anyway, just because you're great clinically and you're the savant, it doesn't mean you can't do this, right? <laughs>
1: 100, 100%. No, and, and let's, let's go to your, your sports analogy, right? Mm-hmm. There are in every sport, there are athletes at the top of the game that everybody loves. They love hearing them in interviews. They love seeing them off the field or, you know, off the court or whatever it may be. And they're held as in high regard for who they are as human beings as they are tacticians in their sport. In every sport, there are also some athletes at the top of the game that they're like, yeah, that person's amazing tactically, but I don't want them on my team because they're a cancer on our team. Mm -hmm. They they just erode. And we see this in every sport that somebody has the potential to do everything, but because their interpersonal human skills Mm -hmm. or their lack of personal self-awareness is at such a deficit Mm -hmm. that they can't play nicely with others. I think the same holds true for some chiropractors. There are some of those chiropractors that are absolutely amazing clinicians. They are Mm -hmm. incredible at their craft, but you, you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to hang out with them, you know? And I think for everybody listening on the call, I have yet to meet a person who can't increase the experience of interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel you're, you're great and your patients Mm -hmm. love you, the, the reality is i don't need to talk to those people too much because those people know that there's more room to grow they're what i like to call polishing the edges yeah. right they they they're interested in going from a 98% satisfaction score or raving fan score to a 99 or you know they're tweaking their net promoter score by 0.1 by 0.2 like and they're and they're all in
0: all right we got a new special from cairo specific for modern chiropractic marketing listeners, you are going to get 15% off your monthly subscription for your first year with ChiroUp. And with ChiroUp, you're going to have access to condition-specific patient reports with online and mobile access, best practices protocols for over 100 conditions with video tutorials, clinic dashboard with key practice stats and outcomes, and auto-generated MD initial and release summaries, plus much more. And uh, I think it's a great supplement to your overall content marketing strategy. And all you need to do is go check out them at bit.ly, bit.ly slash Cairo Up, M-C-M. And you can get 15% off for a full year. And if you do that and you email me, Kevin at jockey.com, I will uh, throw in a 30-minute consult call with you uh, to go over how you can utilize some of this to supplement your content marketing to help grow your practice. So check that out at bit.ly, b B-I-T i t l y slash Up, M-C-M, as in Modern Chiropractic Marketing. Check that out for 15% off your yearly subscription.
1: The problem is the majority of people listening, and I say this respectfully. That's not you. That's not where you're at. You got a lot of room to improve. Why? Because we're humans. Because running a business is hard. Because you've got a lot of stuff that you're trying to deal with. You're managing your staff. You're managing rent. You're trying to figure out the next, uh, you know, equipment purchase. You're trying to manage, you know, what the parking situation is outside your. You're doing a thousand things before you even get to think about the patient experience. Oh, and by the way way, then you're trying to see as many patients as possible to increase your revenue and your flow. And if you're collecting insurance, you've got somebody else that's all managing that. I mean, you've got a lot of things that you're trying to keep track of. Mm -hmm. The reason I like focusing on patient experience is because it gives us the opportunity to connect with why we got into the practice in the first place, that holistic care of humans. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's something that all of us have that deep intrinsic desire we just need to find ways to manifest it operationally and philosophically and methodologically and methodologically mm-hmm. in our practices.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And to touch on it a little bit, cause it's, it's a tricky conversation, but as a chiropractor, it's a very hands-on profession. It's very, you know, communication is huge. Um, what's your recommendation for the chiropractor that struggles? Maybe they're just really introverted or, uh, you know, there's just some of that communication that, cause that's part of the patient experience, unfortunately. And it's not like you're a, a CEO of a company where you're not, you know, customer facing, obviously we're very customer facing, uh, any recommendation like public speaking skills, communication court, like, is there, is self-awareness training? Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I know it's, it's a little bit different topic, but.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. I think there are there's short-term recommendations I might make, and and longer-term recommendations yeah. I might make. The shorter-term recommendations I might make is to look at things like uh, who is your staff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. your your receptionist can be the best part of your practice, yes. right? Yeah. Your uh, care advocate can be the best mm-hmm. part of your practice. The other people who are not for lack of a better way of putting it, laying of the hands on the body Mm -hmm. can also dramatically create the experience. I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of businesses that I've continued to do business with, not because of who the CEO or the president or the leader was, but because who my point of contact was, the person that helped get me on the calendar, the person that made sure the shipment got there overnight, the person who was, for lack of a better way of putting it, lower down the organizational hierarchy, Mm -hmm. but was my I felt like cared about me. So the first thing I would do is say, have you hired people on your team that are care driven and who are about creating remarkable patient experiences? If not, oh, that's something that we might wanna look at it going forward. Number two, what can we do to automate some of these interactions? Now, a lot of people say, well, Joey, automation can't be personalized. No, it absolutely can be personalized. It has to do with how you write the messages. It has to do with when you send the messages and what the messages actually say, the contextual references. So I think the interesting thing is, if we think about introverts and extroverts, um, introverts as a general rule are much better at communicating in the written word than in the spoken word because they over-index on that. They're like, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. Let me just write it in an email. Let me send a letter. So if you're like that, that's not a problem. That's a secret skill just apply it in other areas of your business. Now, long-term, what can we do? Well, yeah, we can increase our bedside manner for a lack of better way of putting it. Mm -hmm. You know, some of that comes from, uh, you know, you could do things like speaker training and that can be incredibly valuable and getting more comfortable talking to people. But what I find works even better and faster is what I call the you-go-first model. So here's the best way I've found for human beings to create rapport try to identify something that the other person is interested in. And then you go first talking about that. So let's roll back to the beginning of this conversation and see how it happened. I volunteered that I have two boys, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. What did Kevin do? Well, Kevin, as soon as I was done talking said, same, same. Mm -hmm. I have a boy and I'm about to expect another one. And so I too, am going to have two boys about the same. And so immediately that creates a bond. Mm -hmm. And why was that bond created? Well, I would pause it for two reasons. Number one, I went first. I volunteered some personal information that was not necessarily germane to the conversation, but was certainly germane to the human interaction. And Kevin decided to attach to that and share your experience so that, that would be a point of reciprocity between us. The way this shows up in a clinical setting or in a practice setting is you talking about you know, your family, you talking about the books you're reading, the podcasts you're listening to, the TV shows you watch, the sports team you're rooting for. The subject doesn't matter. It's that you share that you have a life outside of the adjustment table. Because here's the thing. If you want to talk about the adjustment table, they have no context. They haven't gone to chiropractic school. They don't know the different techniques and modalities you're using. They can't say, hey, doc, what about this cool new ultrasound machine? Have you tried Mm -hmm. that? I've been reading up about that. No, they haven't. Respectfully, they just, that's not their world. So make it about something that's relevant to their world, their job, their family, their
0: hobbies, their interest. And then you go first. Mm -hmm. It completely changes the conversation. That's great. You know, it's uh, my wife makes fun of me because I read a lot of like old biographies and military leaders, like all this kind of stuff, you know, and I, I had a, a, a similar experience what you just said I had a guy a patient, he comes in with his wife's appointment, they're older in their early 80s, but he was like high up in the military. And he said something about it, because all the stuff going on in Afghanistan, I was like, Oh, you know, it's like, you were in the military. And, and then from there, I just started talking about it. And every time we come in now, the three his wife's into it too. So that's all we talk about, right? They love it. They found a friend. Yes.
1: See, that's the difference. When you switch from being a provider mm-hmm. to being a friend, you don't have to worry about referrals anymore. You don't have to worry about retention anymore because it's really hard to quit a friend.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things I always talk about, it's like, if you can go from you know, Oh, I have a, like, I went to a chiropractor too. That's my chiropractor. Like if that is the language they use to describe you, then that's where they're at that advocate stage that you mentioned, which, which is great. And as an introvert, one of the benefits you probably have is you probably are a reader or consumer of information at a high level. And so you probably have a wide array of topics you can chat about with people. So I love that idea. So. Yeah.
1: And I mean, for what it's worth, my, uh, you know, I've, I actually adopt uh, or believe in the school of thought that, you know, there's introverts and there's extroverts, but uh, mm-hmm. a good percentage of us are ambiverts, yeah. meaning that we're in between and we play one way or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. most people presume because I'm a public speaker, because they see me on stage that I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm actually an ambivert. Mm-hmm. I am thoroughly happy being by myself in a quiet room focusing thinking learning drawing building legos fill in the blank but i'm also happy to be on stage my wife who is an amazing human being skews more introvert not interestingly enough she married somebody who's a public speaker and right so we have two different worlds however when people ask me they're like uh you know oh have you ever done a ted talk i'm like no i haven't but my wife has Oh, well. And they're like, whoa, wait a second, what? I'm like, yeah. So here's the thing if you feel that you skew more introvert, mm-hmm. you have an incredible skill set, an incredible font of knowledge that you can bring to the table. To your point, Kevin, my wife is the most voracious reader I know, mm-hmm. and she reads across every genre you would imagine. Right. I'm saying a minimum of a book a week, probably closer to two or three. Yeah. I mean, she is just very, and so when we're in a conversation or at a networking dinner or whatever, where she's not necessarily as excited, she can play the role of mm-hmm. extrovert. She can jump into any number of conversations on any number of topics because to your point, her content base is so much broader. Yep. So um. we all have superpowers. You just need to figure out a way how to bring your superpower into your practice.
0: Yeah. And I want to tie up a couple of loose ends on that because there's so many great points. Um, to your point on the team, that is something I highly recommend for chiropractors, is if, especially if you're an introvert, hire people that are extroverted, really hire for personality in that regard. And we got to stop trying to nickel and dime our hourly rates on our team and just realize the value is going to be there if you if you do pay a little bit better. In the next clinic and you get talent because that's going to come back in spades for sure so i wanted kevin to-
1: amen yeah. amen in fact i'm working on my next book right now which is called never lose an employee again oh that's great and in this era of the great resignation yeah, where people are struggling to keep talented people mm-hmm. and people are leaving in droves The point you just made, I'd love everybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. Rewind two minutes in the podcast and listen to what Kevin just said five times in a row. Even if you think you got it the first time, (laughs) listen to it five times in a row. Why? Because societally, we have got to figure this out. Wendy's right now, the restaurant, the fast food, quick serve restaurant, is offering a $1,500 signing bonus in most jurisdictions if you're willing to work the drive-through. Now stop and think about when you and I were kids, Kevin. (laughs) Fast food is normally where you work when you were in high school. Like that was a job for a lot of high school kids, right? And they are having such difficulty finding people to work the drive-through. Most of the places have shut down their restaurant operation. So literally it's just cooks and Mm -hmm. drive-through, that's it. And they are struggling mightily to find people. Why? Because of decades of nickeling and diming the frontline worker and the same holds true in chiropractic practices you know well i really don't want to pay 50 cents more an hour for this person let me tell you if you've got the right receptionist they should be able to make their daily salary in one patient interaction because if they get one patient to stay for one more visit they're paying for themselves I mean, literally, that's the math for most of the setups. If they can get one patient to come for one more visit, they've probably paid what you're paying them per day.
0: Yeah. I
1: I mean, the math on that, at least to me, feels Mm -hmm. pretty simple.
0: Yeah. And it's I've actually experienced it the last four months because I had to replace a really good front desk person. And she's pursuing her career as a, a chef, which was great. So she had a nice like month and a half transition. So I wasn't in a rush. And everybody's been complaining about hiring and and I know I see it. I know a lot of chiropractors are struggling with it. So it is real, but I took it head on and I, I upped my normal hourly. I had a bonus situation and then I ended up finding an amazing front desk and uh, she's she's paying for herself. Uh, it, it really is the case. So that was something I wanted to make mention to the other thing. I loved how you mentioned going back to the introvert thing, not to pound on it, not to exclude extroverts, uh, but we're going to bring them into the equation here in a second. But one of the things you mentioned about writing skills, which I loved, and then I want to kind of piggyback that to during your presentation that I saw, you gave an example, uh, and I forget what phase it was in. You can let me know, but you had the example of the video, like the selfie video that the person gave and sent to the customer and it was tailored to that customer so it wasn't just a you know a, a canned video so our extroverts could definitely do something like that so if you could speak to that a little bit and then maybe how a uh, someone that's more adept at writing could do something that's similar but maybe written
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me me tell the story about this Mm -hmm. company a little bit, and then we'll extrapolate into how to apply this case study, if you will, to your individual practice. So the name of the company is Zogix. They're a company that makes gym wipes. So have you ever been in the gym or the spa or the workout facility and seen the residue of the human uh, that worked out before (laughs) you on the bench? A gym wipe is something you can pull off the wall, wipe down the bench so there isn't an involuntary DNA transfer. Mm -hmm. And basically, they sell their product online. So it's an e-commerce business. Mm -hmm. It's a B2B business because they sell to gym owners and spa owners around the world. When you go on their website to buy some gym wipes, you process the order and then they send you a confirmation email. Okay. Now most e-commerce websites send a confirmation email, Mm -hmm. but Zajic's email is different. When you open up the email, you see a picture and across the top of the email, it says, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Joey. It says Mm -hmm. your name in it. Now let's be candid, let's pull back the curtain as we go through this case Say That's just an autofill mm-hmm. on a template. Okay, folks, that's not creating a single email every time somebody, buys. that's an autofill. But the f- opening sentence is thank you, and then your name, you feel special mm-hmm. because the most pleasing sound to the human ear is the sound of your own name being spoken. So now they're super excited about it. Then underneath it is a thumbnail image of a Zogix employee holding a clipboard with your name on it. Mm-hmm. And then a button underneath that says start watching. Mm-hmm. And when you click on the button, it's a personalized video. It's about 40 seconds long mm-hmm. from a Zojax employee thanking you for your order. Hey, thank and they specifically mention you by name and what you ordered. Yep. So, the folks at Zojax, the CEO Paula Blanc is a good friend of mine, and what is interesting is they actually set up a little studio in their offices where their employees can film this. Now I say studio and people think, oh my gosh, how much did that cost? Mm -hmm. Um, It's an iPhone on a tripod Mm -hmm. and they basically have the employees walk in and every employee is required to shoot some of these and they they alternate it. So like one employee may shoot 30 or 40 a day. And mind you that you can shoot 30, 30 second videos in less than an hour. Okay. It's super easy. They crank them out just one after another, and then they load those videos up. Now that takes a little bit of time, but in their business, what they found is the secret is not getting somebody to order gym wipes once. The secret is to get them to order it the second time because once they order it the second time, the likelihood of them ordering it a third time is highly likely. Mm -hmm. So that the fall part is between number one and number two. Now, every chiropractor listening, you know, when the fall point is, look at your patient visit average and minus one, (laughs) (laughs) that's your fall point. Okay. In Mm -hmm. case you're curious, that's, I just did the math for you. That's when they're falling out. So what they do is at this point where there would be a natural fall, they infuse a hyper personalized message Mm -hmm. because they know that that 30 second video will lead to a greater purchase of that second set of gym wipes. So the question becomes in your chiropractic practice, when would a personal video move the dial the most? Is it after the first adjustment? when they're considering whether they want to sign up for the care package or not is it when they're getting to the end of their active care and you want to move them into more of a long term you know support and care and longevity move you know there are probably breakpoints in your practice and of course every practice is different where you know that they're coming up on the decision making and that's where you want to double down on the personal communication You want to invest a little more time because the payoff is that much greater if you succeed.
0: Yeah, that's great. It was one of the things that really stood out to me. And what I liked about your presentation and then reading through the book was that um, all the eight phases, obviously, we won't be able to get through them all now. Are, you're, you're able to apply this to any type of business. And so when I was reading through the book, I was like, oh, I could take that story, twist it a little bit, figure out the nuances of chiropractic and definitely apply that. And, and that video one was that. And then when you mentioned the, the introvert maybe being a lot better with written word, you could probably do something that's very personalized handwritten note, whatever it may be, uh, would be maybe maybe not as effective. I don't know. You know, Maybe it is. Well, it's, here, here's the thing. Oh, well, I would love to not compare
1: the effectiveness between the handwritten note mm-hmm. and the video. Instead, yeah. I'd like to compare the effectiveness of doing something to what you're currently doing. <laughs> That's good. Right? So yes, so yes. Let, if, if it's like, oh my gosh, we've got to go to... No, I'm yeah. literally talking about notching up from right now. We send nothing. Yeah. So what would happen if we sent a email with two sentences, well, mm-hmm. that would be better than what we're doing right now. What if we yeah. send an email with two paragraphs that were hyper-personalized? Ooh, mm-hmm. that'd be even better. What if we sent a video that was 30 seconds that was hyper-personalized? Mm-hmm. That'd be even better. What if we sent a video that was two minutes that was hyper-personalized? That would be even better. Mm-hmm. And so we the thing I love about patient experience is you're never done. Yeah. Now I'm going to let that hit for a second. The thing I love about patient experience mm-hmm. is you're never done. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, Joey, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know about you, but for me, doubling down on creating more personal connections mm-hmm. actually gives me energy. Yeah. And it actually gives the introvert energy too. Mm-hmm. It gives the introvert, the extrovert, and the introvert more energy when we have more human connection. Mm-hmm. So what I'm really talking about is finding ways to create more personal and emotional connections with the patients you serve. Oh, and by the way, let's pull it back to that employee conversation. You can do the same thing with your employees too. Yep. Pro tip, hey, you're like, oh, we should send birthday cards to our patients. Great. Do you send them to your employees? Uh, yeah, exactly. That sound you hear is minds going, oh, shoot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I treat my patients better than I treat my employees. That's why we have challenges keeping our employees.
0: Yep. Yeah, they're I, not engaged.
1: No. So just take all the stuff. And and I really appreciate what you said about the book because there's 46 Mm -hmm. case studies in the book from companies, small, medium, and large, online and offline, product and service, domestic and international. I tried to basically create a scenario where there was a reference point for literally every industry. So no Mm -hmm. one could say, well, this doesn't apply to me. No, guess what? It does. I promise you because you have humans as your patients. Mm -hmm. And so all it requires is a slight bit of creativity to say, what is the version of this that would show up in my practice. And that leap is not that difficult. I think everybody listening would be able to make it because everyone listening is the kind of person who is committed to ongoing development, ongoing content, ongoing learning. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to the show. So right. we've already, we're here in the choir. We're just preaching <laughs> to you. We're excited to have you here. Just, you know, consider ways to make it even more personal Mm -hmm. and don't feel that you need to build Rome in a day. Just do the the slightest thing. Stop listening to this podcast and go do one thing, write one thank you note, send one text message, shoot one selfie video and text it to a patient. Have one conversation with a patient about what they're interested in, what their hobbies are, what they want for their, you know, what what are you thinking you'd like for for Christmas or Hanukkah Mm -hmm. for your next birthday? Ask them that question, mm-hmm. but just see what happens. Yeah. Oh, you know, gosh, I wish, you know, nobody's asked me in a long time. Actually, <laughs> this is what I would want. Oh, awesome. And now we know something mm-hmm. about them that has nothing to do with their needs yeah. and everything to do with their
0: wants. Yeah. That's cool. You know, and, um, I want to give you kudos because I re- I wrote a book and I know how hard it can be. And one of the things that I enjoyed about your book is the readability aspect of it, to where it's just very easy to consume, and, and digest, and apply. Which I can't say that about all books. You know, sometimes they just. Some books become so theoretical that it's just like, okay, what am I going to do here? Um, and well, thank you. I, I
1: really appreciate that. Kevin. Yeah. My, my goal was to write a book that for the people who wanted the logical drawn out stats, figures, number yeah. that that's in there, yep. but for the people who wanted a narrative story that mm-hmm. hopefully would keep them moving from one page to the next, that there was that as well. So I'm, I'm glad that that was your experience.
0: Yeah, it was great. And I like the concept with a hundred days. And so, you know, like your, your sub title is turn any sale into lifelong loyalty in hundred days. I think that is something that you, you touched on earlier about the dating, right? Like going too fast, asking for referrals and stuff like that. This stuff doesn't happen in, in a week or, or in two weeks, but it can happen. And then you outline the eight phases to do that. So I highly recommend anybody check out the book again, that's never lose a customer again. Uh, I really want to thank you for your time, Joey, today. If anybody else wants to reach out in any other way aside from buying the book, and we'll put this in in the show notes, um, how can they uh, reach out to you or find you?
1: Well, the best way to find me is on my website, which is joeycoleman.com. That's J-O-E-Y, like a baby kangaroo or a five-year-old, you know. Uh, Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, like the camping equipment, but no relation. joeycoleman.com. There you'll see videos there, links to connect with me. Um, I'm a big fan of the chiropractic profession. I know you all are doing great work. I've been a patient myself of chiropractic care since I was 15 years old. I got my last adjustment yesterday. Yesterday, literally. So I'm a big believer in what's out there. And I just I hope that our conversation today has left the folks who are kind enough to listen in Mm -hmm. with a spark or an idea of one thing you could try, one thing you could do that would be a little different. Um, because I promise it will help you, like I said earlier, reconnect with why I think you probably got into the practice, which is a deep love. And care and appreciation for humans Mm -hmm. and wanting them to go through life feeling their optimal self. Your employees are the same way. Your patients Mm -hmm. are the same way, right? Whatever we can do to help others achieve that, in my experience, helps us have those feelings ourselves too.
0: I agree. And the timing for me selfishly has been great. When I ran into your presentation, I had to be there for CEUs. And then I saw you're on the list there. And I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And the timing was good because in our practice, we're onboarding a new doctor. Uh, I have them reading the book and, and we are a cash practice that's got a little higher cash rate. And so that throws a hurdle into patient adherence and you really got to make sure you're doing all the right things in that scenario. Cause at that point, they're not price shopping and, and you got to really make sure you've got it. And, and we have some holes in the bucket. There's no doubt about it. I'll, I'll be honest. We've had some. And so we're uh, uncovering everything and your information has, has helped us in this process. So thank you. Well, thank you, Kevin.
1: I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for listening today. Definitely.
0: Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show.